0: New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. N-N-N-N-N-Y-C. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Here give you that Nick's talk. Just in the nick of time, and it's time to celebrate a win because the Knicks beat the depleted 76ers squad. Alright. 106-2104 gunshots for these New York Knicks. Uh can you can y'all hear me? Can you hear me on YouTube? Okay, hey man, you too. Alright, here we go. RJ Barrett gives you 20 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. Julius Randle gives you 17 points, five assists, and ten rebounds. Jalen Brunson gives you 17 points and no, Jalen Brunson gives you 23 points, 7 assists, and 3 and 6 rebounds. I'm sorry. And Obi Poppin. Oba Dyer. Young Dunkers the gives you 17 points clutch three pointers and cam reddish chips in with 11 and some great defense and the Knicks defeat the 70 stickers and we didn't do it with just veterans the you them came stepped up hit clutch baskets and challenged tom Thibodeau's whole thinking this this win does something to the atmosphere this win is a disruptor to this team and hopefully this is a win that we can build on and we can experiment with different lineups because this is a win where i feel like a lot of nick's twitter maybe might have been coaching today maybe might have been coaching we 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 saw we saw our guy quentin grimes starting at the point guard spot we saw ob Toppin and the can closing minutes and we we saw a lot more of the bench more than usual and the Knicks come away with the win now it wasn't perfect uh it was some ugly we saw some Fournier minutes that probably we didn't want to see but it doesn't matter because the young guys closed out the game and we got the win and we're going to talk about it all before I talk about it, let me introduce my guys. First and foremost, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts.
1: Ryan G's in the building. Good Knicks win tonight. Glad the Sixers were depleted. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm glad
0: <laughs> the Sixers were depleted too. <laughs> but we deplete as well a little bit. But um also you already know what it is, man. It's my man the Latin, The Latin assassin. My man. Lee Escobedo, the nasty, nasty Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee?
2: <laughs> What's up, y'all? That closing lineup was a Knits fan erotic fiction for me, and I'm sure a lot of y'all out there made me very happy to see those five finishing the game.
3: Yes,
0: and we can, we, can, we, can, we can start talking about that five. We had the infamous OB Randall lineup with Cam Reddish with Jalen Brunson with RJ Barrett and yeah, and Julius Randle's already in there. This is the starting five. Isn't that the five that we all exactly wanted to see, but we've all been wanting to see Obi Toppin and Julius Randall play together for quite some time because we knew it was really hard for Obi Toppin to get minutes. And today it freaking worked. Gentlemen, what did you think? What did you think of the Obi Toppin, Julius Randall lineup?
1: Um yeah, it definitely was effective. Um I think Fred Katz tweeted a stat that basically said that Toppin and Randall played 10 minutes together and they outscored the sixes 29 to 15. So I know the Randall Toppin argument was talked about before to Thibs, and I believe Thibbs made an argument as to like as to um he's look at he looks at analytics and stuff like that and made that the reason as to why he didn't go with that pairing as much. And and also on top of that, um, you know, Thibs likes to play play with that rim rim protector. So, you know, that also limits Thibs to going with that Toppin and Julius Randle lineup as well, because none of them are really rim protectors. But after seeing what the Knicks did tonight with both of them in the lineup, it's going to be very hard for Thibs to argue against playing them together because they showed today that they can play together. It's, it's not one of those situations where one player has to be on the bench while the other's on the court. You can definitely put them together and switch it up sometimes. And, you know, I have to give Thibs his credit tonight because he definitely played with the lineups a bit. He didn't stick to his normal rotations. He definitely played starters with the bench players and tried to figure out you know, which lineups worked, which lineups didn't work. So I have to give Thibs credit for that because the Knicks' last three games, they were definitely falling. And if he stuck to the same game plan, tonight would have been another loss as well. So I'm glad to see Thibs actually open up a bit and be a bit more flexible with his rotations. But yeah, top and the round, they play well together. And Thibs really doesn't have an argument as to not playing them together it doesn't have to be a one it doesn't have to be one guy got to be on the court and one got to be on the bench
2: that argument is the now yeah when you look at the nba offenses and defenses that appear the most modern the ones that are utilizing switching the most and the ones that are effective because of their players' wingspan and athletic versatility you look to at toronto you look to at the miami heat the golden state warriors those teams are not employing rim protection at all times they certainly don't feel handicapped by having to have rent protection on the floor at all times. You're utilizing five out and usually the three through five can guard the two through five and shoot the three ball and play a little bit of defense at every position. And this lineup can do that too. Obi Toppin's not as bad of a defender as the if there even exists a a Tom Thibodeau hive likes to make (laughs) it out to appear. I think that he can play effectively next to Julius Randle. And we saw that because not every team has a Jokic or an Embiid. And if they don't, I feel he was missing Embiid there was no reason to play a rim-protecting center when Philly themselves weren't even playing a rim-protecting center. They had, um, what's his name, uh, Harrell out there, the five, most yeah. of the time. Yep. Obi Toppin can match up with Harrell. I mean, Harrell played good, but he's not going to blow by and drop 25 and 10 on Obi Toppin, or anybody for that matter. So I don't know or understand why this lineup can't be uh, more effective and used going forward for the rest of the season.
0: I'll say this. Rebounding is still an issue. OB Toppin on the night, still struggle on the rebounding end. Let's we'll, we'll, we'll see, let me switch the screens real quick to show you some of these, these uh, this Obadiah stats, right? He still kind of struggled on the rebounding end, but other than that, the Knicks have been struggling from the three-point line. And when you start to get deeper and deeper into the season, you start to take a peek at who's shooting what from three you'll look over at young Obadiah Toppin and go, hmm, this man is shooting 45% from three on the season. Ah, Julius Randle, oh, what is he shooting on the season? Um, Something in the teens from 3% and so it's like, all right, there's times where we struggle to score and we need more spacing it might be time to insert obadiah at some of those times so I, I to me it's not even just it's time to see obadiah young dunga delight in the flesh paired with julius Randle. but it's also to me saying Sometimes we just need to play him regardless if Randall's on the floor or not, or just play him if he's playing good and Randall's playing bad. Just play him because he brings something to this team Um that we are, frankly, we're struggling right now. We've been struggling from three this entire season, and he's obviously worked on his shot. The shots that he hit today, clutch. Game on the line, man closing out, draped over him like a cheap suit, catch, shoot, bang, ball game two times in a row. And that's what you like to see from Obadiah Obadiah Toppin. It's not the same Obi from last season where he misses his first two shots and he hangs his head. He still has his eyes laser focused at the rim and he doesn't have his confidence waver as much anymore. So, big step, very, very big step from Obi Toppin. Um, and I have to think my, my conspiracy theory brain is is going a little bit. Guys, it's going a little bit today. More. I'm listen. Grimes starts today. Out of nowhere. He was named situational. Yesterday today he started. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm. Then you see Obadiah with Randall. Now, granted, Mitch was down, but he could have as easily gone to Hartenstein. He could have easily gone to Hartenstein. He gives you a little bit more reproduction than Obi does. And then we see 12 people playing today. This is the most I've ever seen Tom Thibodeau experiment in the regular season since he's been with the Knicks. Is it me or did the front office come knocking on Tom Thibodeau's door after that loss to the Cavs? Because I think the front office has their hands all over this game. Whether they want to admit it or not, and they won't, because a good franchise wouldn't admit it. But this just seems too out of left field to be all Tom Thibodeau. Am I crazy? Am I crazy, Ryan? That's that's what happens to you.
1: Well, first and foremost, um, it was after the Hawks lost. The Cow lost. I'm sorry, the Hawks lost.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm but, try, I try to erase um, um, that from my memory. My bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't think it's too crazy to think that, but it also could have been an analytical decision as well because. There was another stat I saw posted on Twitter. I forgot who posted it, but they were basically comparing when Fournier is on the court, the defensive rating, and when Quickly is on the court with the defensive rating. And it's clear, and it's a 20 point difference in defensive rating. Rating. I think it said that whenever Fournier is on the court with the Knicks, Knicks defensive rating is the 119 point something. But then when Quickly in the game with the Knicks in place of Fournier. That defensive rating dropped from 119 to 100, so it could have been an analytical decision where they looked at the analytics and be like, okay, well, Fournier is hurting us on the defensive end, right? And I do think that the Knicks would rather quickly come off the bench. I don't think they're too fond of him starting. They rather Definitely come off the not. bench. Yeah, so I feel like they, it, it could have been like a decision where it's like, okay, well, Fournier is clearly hurting us on the defensive end. We're on a losing streak. We cannot continue to go on like this because that Hawks loss was really bad. So who's the next best option besides quickly to start? And then it clearly, you know, it would be Grimes, especially since we've had rumors over the summer saying that some people in Nick's front office supported Grimes as being in the starting lineup. So it it it, it could have been the front office pushing things, but it also could have been an analytical decision as well. So uh, it, it's not, out of, I mean, it could be either way. That's all I'm saying. It could be either way.
0: Mama, Mama I heard grimes i heard in the news grimes was healthy for a week
1: a week (laughs) a whole week ryan a week i don't know i don't know i mean desperate times call for desperate desperate measurements so (laughs) if if grimes is healthy you put him in there
2: (laughs) i don't think that tibbs is coaching just for his job i think he's coaching also for the rest of his career if he gets fired This next position, he doesn't deserve a job and should not get a job with any other franchise moving forward. Because in my opinion, he hasn't earned it. He bombed out a Minnesota now he would bomb out of New York because of his failure to evolve. And that's what a lot of these front offices are looking for. Coaches that come in with a game plan and a vision. But once shit hits the fan or things start going sideways, you have a capacity to evolve and change your lineups and change your decision making and change your schematics based on the input from your assistant coaches and from your best players on the court as well. And Tom Thibodeau is not that guy. And it's easy to triasize coaches and say you want him gone after you did a hard loss. We won this game. I'm still saying, get his ass out. I don't think Tom Thibodeau is the type of coach to win you a championship. I don't think he's the type of coach that hit his team deep into the playoffs. We lack star talent. We lack a first option, and he's not managing this roster to truly develop these guys and take the steps necessary, like Obadiah Toppin, like Emmanuel Quickly, and Cam Reddish. These guys are not trying to reach their full potential with this man on the sidelines.
0: I, listen, I, all the heat towards Tom Thibodeau, um, to me, I mean, it's warranted after that big loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but I, I suspected the front office is stepping in last season. Um, especially this guy, shut out the worldwide, right? So I think their hand is in it this season as well. So, um, I would just keep an eye on, on these matchups and the, and these swings and Ian Beckley said it himself when he was on the KLT show, specifically talking about Cam Reddish. And he said, if we are losing and Cam Reddish is not getting time, then Tom Thibodeau um would be more on the hot seat than if it was the other way around. So I keep hearing that in the back of my mind when I'm seeing Cam Reddish get more minutes to Evan Fournier. Now granted he deserved more minutes at Evan Fournier and we can talk about Cam Reddish next. Um but will he've gotten the shot that we think he should have got with without that front office push that I think I think they're doing in the background? I I don't think so. I don't but- think so. But
2: this is my thing that we can debate and discuss who should be moved out of the starting lineup and who should be rotated in. We all agree that Fournier probably not only should be taken out of the starting lineup, but should really be playing minimum, a maximum ten minutes a game. Because if he's not shooting his threes, bench his ass for the entire game. He's, he's a negative on all on all fronts. But the real question is, we don't have a superstar. We're unable to trade for one this summer. We brought in Brunson. What's the next logical step to unlock the talent that we do have? A rotation move is not going to do it. Moving the starting lineup is not going to do it. It's kicking Tom Thibodeau's ass off this team and <laughs> elevating Johnny Bryant. Don't go searching for another big name. Just elevate the in-house, smart young coach you have who knows the team and allow him to give these young guys the minutes and time to lose and to fail and earn their opportunity to grow as a player.
0: I agree. I'm not sure if this is going to be the year that happens. Um but I do believe at some point we might have to transition to somebody who can adjust on the fly on the offensive end, uh, especially especially when it comes into the playoffs. I do feel like, let's say the front office pushes Tom Thibodeau to a point where they force him to play these younger guys, and now Cam has a role, they trade Evan Fournier, um, Obi, Top- Obi Toppin is actually playing. Once we get into play certain teams and they – could scheme against our very, very predictable offense. And we can talk about that after we talk about Graham Reddish. Um, I think that's when we start to bang our head against the wall again, and then we'll be forced to make another decision. I'm not sure if that decision is coming this season, if Tom Thibodeau adjusts because the front office forces him to, but I feel like that time might come eventually. You know what I mean?
2: You're only prolonging the inevitable. It has to happen.
0: Yeah, I, man, it's, it's probably going to happen eventually. It probably is going to happen
2: eventually. All
0: right,
2: he's saying, "Hit the road, Jack, and never come back." No, oh, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, and DJ Ellis, you asked me the, a couple games though, because Randall was all of a sudden playing well. You asked, "Would I still trade him?" A hundred percent. I feel the same way about Randall as well. You got Rando and Thibodeau both must go. You cannot keep one. Both must go
0: interesting. Interesting. But I'm not even, I'm not even going to Randall thing. Cause Randall, there was the good and the bad Randall today, all up wrapped in one game. He ends up with like a crazy stat line, 20, 10, what? 20 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, I think six turnovers and four very clutch free throws. So thank you Randall for, for not choking. Um, but we'll get into him later and w- let's talk about Another big old elephant in the room in Cam Reddish. Uh, and shout out to Jason M, I see him in the chat. He mentioned this earlier. He mentioned that the Knicks planned on starting Grimes at the two for a long time. Right? Um, we heard it all summer. Um, but it's it's the timing is just so interesting. Um, because Grimes starts at the two today you can't. You take his start with the grain and salt, right? First game back, hasn't played in a long time. Um, he picks up a quick a quick foul versus Maxi. That first foul could be debated if it's good or not. Um, doesn't really make any shots. Does he, um, does he play Maxi well? Maxi went to the whole pretty much against everybody mostly for the whole night. Um, had a couple of possessions to play good defense, but wasn't super effective tonight. Um Cram Reddish comes in. Actually, I felt like Cam Reddish couldn't really keep him out of the paint either. But then Cam went on this stretch in the third quarter where he I, I feel like he kind of turned the momentum toward the next game. He got like three straight stops, blocks Mackie, Maxie from behind, stops PJ Tucker, and then hits clutch baskets in the fourth quarter. And it, and it's one of those things that make you go, hmm, moment. And it, it, you start to think man did we overlook did the front office overlook cam starting and are they looking at cam starting now because cam did close with the first unit
1: well it's hard to say because just because cam closed with the first unit in the fourth quarter it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're looking at him to start per se but i will say this. I do think the Knicks do have kind of a small little conundrum on their hands because even though I do believe Grimes is the ideal guard to start in that lineup next to Brunson, especially on the defensive end, because I do think he's a better defender than Cam. He's definitely a more consistent defender. But with the way Cam is playing at the moment, I think an argument can be made for Cam starting – And for Grimes to come off the bench, especially since he's just coming back from injury and it's it's going to take him some time to catch up and really get back into the groove of things due to the way Cam has been playing, especially in this fourth quarter. So I'm not sure if the Knicks coaching staff will necessarily be looking at Cam and be like, hmm, should we insert him into the starting lineup or not? I I do think that they're they're probably set on having Grimes start next to Brunson and have Cam come, come off the bench. But but an argument can be made based on Cam's performance tonight and the way he's been performing mainly throughout the season that Cam should probably be starting in place of Grimes. And if the Knicks make that move, I wouldn't be mad at it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I still stand by my statement that whoever starts, it's just a placeholder. It matters more who finishes. Grimes started today. I think he played a total of nine minutes in the first half, and he was minus eleven. Like it, it, what mattered more is that Cam can take that spot or Grimes hit that spot. It does help to make sure if it's not a guard on the perimeter that cuts you when it, the game first starts and it's yeah. a quick five or eight minutes. That is important. But I think the, the more weight is on who finishes the game, and that's no question. It should be Cam Reddish over Grimes, over Fournier, and sometimes even over RJ, depending on how well he's playing. I would always want Cam Reddish finishing the game. Who starts matters less to me.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because RJ has, has been having his lapses on a defensive end too. And I know we haven't touched on it that much. We've touched on it here and there. um, But there is times where I'm just like, yo, RJ, you fall on the seat going back door. Yo, RJ, these guards are burning you. I don't need you guarding these small guards. So, um, you, you are absolutely right in that regard, but I, this is a, this is a big deal. This, this game... To me, I don't know if the front office is looking at it like we are as fans, but to me, this is like this. I'm hoping this is like the beginning of a mental shift for the front office and for the coach on how to utilize some of these players and, you know, some of these guys can get bigger roles into the future. And the thing, the thing is right now. Evan Fournier is still here and he's still getting paid close to $19 million. And it's going to be tough to move that guy, man. And Tom Thibodeau really at this point is only playing Evan because he's a vet. And he has to not just play players, but manage egos. And to me, that's the only reason Evan even got the few minuscule movement minutes he got today because now you got guys in grimes and cam who can outplay him on a defensive end and it's painfully obvious painfully. so this is gonna Uh, be interesting
2: i want to push back a little bit against the idea that this game saved the season or with this game to be a turnaround because you have to think about who we're playing the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid and James Harden is probably the worst commutative level of talent that we've faced so far. Maybe Detroit is really close between Detroit and this 76ers team without their first and second best option. And tipped us into the last couple of seconds of a game to pull this one out and tipped took us experimenting and putting our really best plus lineup out there. And we still could barely beat this team by two points. Right, to me, that's not saving the season. I think there's still a lot of like worrisome things about this team and Thibs rotations, which is why I think the hesitancy should not be there To move on from him, and not Taint, but move on from Randall as well And put yourself in a position where either you overachieve And make the play in, or you underachieve And you get a good lottery pick
0: Well, I'm not, hold on, I never said The season was safe, Now that's not what I said
2: no, I'm not saying that you did. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm saying, I, I think that you could fall into a general malaise and get comfortable because of a combat that this game had and say, oh, okay, things might be turning a corner here. We might be able to actually hit that 50-burger. Well, and, I'm not
1: saying
2: 50- <laughs> No, nah, we, we definitely <laughs> not think of 50-burger got this one. Hell no. Still,
0: I'm still <laughs> 50-burger no. over here, all right? <laughs> still
2: I, just, I, I just don't think this win against a team with their two best players out says the type of statement that some NIT fans might think that it saves. Yeah, I definitely agree wholeheartedly. Like, I'm not looking at this
1: as like a a, a season-saving win. Like, oh, we are gonna be back. We are gonna be back on it and, and this and that. That's why I let off by saying, "Thank God that Harden and Embiid did not play tonight." Because it, I think if Harden and Embiid did play tonight, it would have been another Knicks loss. Yeah, but but yeah, the Knicks have a lot of issues that they have to yeah. really figure out, especially offensively. The turnovers are crazy. Oh yeah, and we're gonna get to yeah, that. and um, the stagnant the the. Them being stagnant on offense as well, I think they have too many times throughout the game where they'll go like four or five minutes without without getting a basket, and that's worrisome as well. So, yeah, this this team is not fixed as of yet. I'm glad to get the win tonight, but yeah, this is definitely like this is definitely like thank God no hard and thank God you, no MVP.
0: <laughs> nah, we are we are not fixed. What I'm hoping for is a is a mentality shift and who plays and who doesn't. Yeah. Right. Or who gets more of a look? Not necessarily, but who, like, Obi Toppin today, I hope he gets more of a look because when the, when the game was on the line, he hit two clutch baskets and his defense was substantial, even though he needs to get some rebounds. I'm hoping guys like Obi Toppin and Cam can get more of a look. Um, beyond these spot minutes, and the front office is, is forced to make a decision, and so is Tom Thibodeau. But what's the address? To, wait, another elephant in the room, but wait, wait, wait. Before we get to the other elephant in the room, let me get these super chats because there's a lot to talk about, and I could just keep going on and on and on because there's a lot of subplots because of this one thing that happened today, and this could be like an easy, like a two hour straight conversation. But shout out to Samir Sariano gets a five dollar super chat who says let's go i hope mitch is okay they need to work on their half-court offense obi and cam both had a big fourth quarter um at boston salute i'm on train i'm on train with that 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 boston smoke we got those guys tomorrow on the back to back all right and also there's another super chat Shout out to Murphy Johnson who says a ten dollar super says have no words. You said it all. Bye, Tibbs and Julius. Love me some OB and Cam.
2: Let's go. I see you, Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, man, man.
1: we about to throw Tibbs out the door like jazz.
0: (laughs) Oh. Oh man. I'm still not. I'm saying hi, OB. I'm still giving, I'm still giving Randall some time. But here's the thing: let's talk about the first quarter. And let's talk about the debacle. Because I know this is where everybody is going. We look like trigger dash in the first quarter, especially. And we had 14 turnovers in that first half. Randall had five of them himself in the first half. Bruh. Yeah. All we saw was ISO Randall over and over again. It was getting tiresome. It was my turn your turn. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh my God, we're regressing. What happened to the ball movement? What happened to feeding Randall on the move? What happened to Randall taking all this somewhere to move and to run more and to set screens and move off ball? All that stuff that that made us successful in those first three games, it started to kind of trickle away and we started to fall back into old habits. Um, so we we have to be very careful not to do that. And I, I, I kind of feel like we saw a team today like, oh, there's no Embiid, oh, there's no Harden. I could just go one-on-one. No, no, no. Jalen Brunson is the point guard. Give that man the ball. Have him run the office. If that doesn't work, uh, move RJ Barrett off some screens. Run some Spain pick and roll. Have him going down, downhill. And then every six or seven plays, you go back to Julius Randle's uh, getting ISOed in the post once or twice a quarter or something. Unless he has it going. But we can't. we have to stay away from that ISO ball mess. I'm sorry. I don't know if you have anything to say there.
2: I agree 100%. <laughs> no arguments. No arguments. <laughs> no no pushback? <laughs> okay. Not on that. I, I, I didn't want to respond to the chat. That's, my, that's why I'm up Oh <laughs> yeah, I agree 100 though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want, want Melo to do ISO. And I sure as hell don't want Randall doing do an ISO.
0: You, at least Melo can hit a bucket in the ISO. Man, I know. Because he... <laughs> that Julius Randle thing is, is pulling... My hair, and I, I wonder if there's a different coach if Randall could perform better, and and if we can just, but to, to our credit, we snapped it back right. Uh, once that stopped, R.J. Barrett started going. Um, and shout out to R.J. too, man. i, I getting lost in this whole game. That uh, you know, Ob and those guys' clothes, R.J. Barrett slowly. Is starting to shoot better and finish better. Um, he needs to bring Randall in the gym with him, cause Rand-, Rand. But um, RJ Barrett too. He he's starting to play well. He's starting to shoot well. But to me, even RJ finishing between three people going to the hole, bruh, you gotta stop yeah. that. You gotta stop it. I c- I don't want to see it. Hey, I- you know what it is. He did it in the first quarter. He drives between three people in the first quarter. And I think he got he made the bucket. And I'm like, I'm glad he made the bucket. But it gave him some false sense of, this is what I'm supposed to be doing every play. No, if you're drawing three people and there's an open man in the corner, pass the
1: damn ball,
0: RJ, with your, with your two assists have himself. pass the ball, RJ.
1: I mean, to could be, could be real about it, like I think the last couple of games he did, he was putting up a decent amount of assists. Like he was finding people, but sometimes RJ just gets into that mode where he's like tunnel vision and he just, just drives straight to the basket, not even look to see like how many people are around him and like who may be open at the three or whatever the case may be, and just force it. But but yeah, I've yet to call him Badman Barrett this season because I haven't seen the Bodmon yet. Now you're so right. I'm still, I'm still, waiting, <laughs> for bad. I'm still waiting for that. That's it.
0: I'm sorry. What you say?
1: No, nah, I'm no. I'm just saying that I'm still waiting for that performance for me to call him Badman Barrett. I haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, today. Let's see. He's been. He, I think he shot decently today. He we had R.J. Barrett with 22 points, nine rebounds, two assists, uh, 50% from the field. That's what you want to see. Two away from three, but you know. Get the stuff. That's all I got to say. That's all I got yeah. to say. Yo, I'm sorry. I didn't realize we got three callers in the queue. Let's get to these callers real quick. First caller up. I know what we got is Big Reaper. Reaper, what's up? What you got to say, man? Hey, thank you guys for taking my call. I am
3: happy yeah. uh, they actually won the game. You know, it would have been really sad. Like we said, it's uh, it's not a very good team <laughs> that we're playing tonight, and so. I am happy we were able to pull it out. Honestly, for me, it felt like I kind of felt like when he finally put his best squat on the floor at the same time. I could, for me, I just kind of rolled my eyes for a little bit because like it's it's like it's so obvious and it's so silly, but you know, obviously this coach is so stubborn. That's just how he is, right? Yeah. And so you know, so I'm just you know, I am happy that they were able to you know he finally did do it and uh, they were able to pull out the win. Uh, The other thing I, you know, I noticed is like, Tibbs and Randall is just crazy. They make the same mistakes game in, game out. You know, they do the same thing, make the same mistakes. And it just makes them, I don't even, it makes them look so incompetent. You know, it's just like, it's unbelievable how that he keeps giving Randall, he runs the same plays to Randall like isolation you guys talked about it and basically we know he's going to turn over the ball and he always puts it in the worst spot where he can be easily doubled at the same time yep i know they're trying to basically they're trying to get the double so he can basically uh, swing it out to an open man but like randall can't do that Put put rj in there put somebody else in there i don't care you know and so i thought that was a little uh a little much um at this point I'm just kind of getting tired. I'm starting to realize the reason why RJ is missing layup or he has problems finishing. We're just not giving them the ball enough. I think if he, if we've just basically the last few years since he's been here, if they just get this dude the rock, I think it probably would have been already, you know, I think he would have been a better finisher by now. And it's just like, I think that's part of the problem. They're just, you know, He's just not getting a good feel, a good enough feel of the game because he's just not—he's not the man on his team. He's like—he's like playing third fiddle uh, right now for the most part. Um, the other thing I want to talk about was grind. Um I mean, you guys know we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's difficult for grind. It may be difficult for him to get more minutes than can because it's just his offensive production, even last year, was way too low. It was way too low given the minutes he was getting. Um, his defense is good but it was just way too low and so kind of when you compare the matchup it's like every game he's like losing his matchup like there's more production on the other side than he's giving you and so although he's playing good defense it just you know when you kind of look at it matchup by matchup it just you know maybe I think it's probably I think part of the problem is is the coaching too because they don't even look for him like he only got one shot today this is crazy you know like and I think that's that's part of the problem with this whole team. They don't. the offense just sucks. It feels like everyone is sticking to this hierarchy where, like, you know, only certain people are allowed to basically touch the basketball, and then they don't look for Ryan. And honestly, the reason why Fournier is playing so terrible is because they don't even want to look for him anymore. They don't even want to give him the ball. So now every time he gets the ball, he's pressing, and he's just trusted because he knows they don't want to give him the ball. And so this offense is just terrible uh what the coaches run and the way they're playing and it's just it's just not good you know uh the other the last thing i want to say because it's kind of along the same line obi Toppin, when they interviewed him towards the end of the game uh asked him why why aren't you being aggressive when you're in the game sometimes he's like you know um and obi says like there's other playmakers on the floor and so and I think he was basically trying to talk about why, oh, you know, when he gets the ball, he just shoots. If he's open from three, he's just gonna have to shoot it, right? And I feel like that's coming from Tiz. And I feel like, like I was saying before, there's some kind of hierarchy where certain people are not allowed to, like, you know, do certain things or put the ball on the floor. And so I, it, it sounds crazy, but I think that's what they're doing. And I think, you know, I like the fact he's making threes, but. I feel like they got shackles on these kids and it's just getting ridiculous, you know? And so that's why I think Tiz got to go. You know, it's like, I still think even with Tiz, they're going to win about 42 games at least this year, but I just, it's not something we're going to like. It's going to be really frustrating. Really um, Thank you, guys.
0: I appreciate you, Reaper. Thanks Great for calling, call, man. That's my guy, um, It was funny. Obi Toppin attempted a post-up today in the fourth quarter with the game the online. That was, and he missed it, but I was kind of like happy. I was like, he had all the play. He had Randall there, he had Brunson there. He was like, no, I'm going to ice I'm going to post up. I'm going to try something. And it didn't work, but I was just happy that he tried something that I haven't seen him do all year. So, but, but I mean, what do you have, what do you guys have to say about what Reaper say? He talked about Obi be topping. And he also talked about um the can versus grime setup where he feels like, Camming that Cam has the edge over Grimes because of his offensive production.
2: Yeah, that, that that might be true, and I agree with it. It might be one of the few decisions that Tibbs has that I think is the right call. I would take Cam over Grimes right now too, especially with Grimes coming back from the foot injury. It's going to take a while for him to his groove on both sides of the ball. But Reddish came in in that fourth quarter with like six forty left, and the nits were down by ten, and he helped lead that comeback. For the Nets to end up winning, not just on offense, but the defense that he played, especially mm-hmm. double teams on uh, Maxi that I thought were really smart and super timely that forced the ball out of his hands and made other guys make bad decisions and take bad shots. I was like, my man. I take back all the criticism I had in preseason because he wasn't really getting a good, consistent flow of a game and yeah. minutes in preseason, so it was really hard to rate his effectiveness on defense and offense. Tibbs has allowed him to go out there in long stretches and take chances and make mistakes. And he's really came through. And he, even when he makes a bad pass or he shuts a bad three, he usually turns back and plays really hard defense on the other end to try and make up for it. So that's all you can ask, man. You yeah. know, the fans care the most about his effort and he's given a lot of effort out there. Him and OB both.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And just to, um, I guess hop on what Lee said a bit, um,
1: yeah, like if you compare Cam and Grimes, if you, and you compare both players at their best, you would you would probably pick Cam over Grimes just for the simple fact Cam does offer more on the offensive end, and when Cam is focused and locked in on defense, he can be a very good defender as well. So, yeah, you would probably you probably would pick would pick Cam over Grimes, but also give at least point earlier. Like you know, I don't really care about the starters that much per se. It does depend on who finishes the games. It's just like last season, like Fournier started the games, but I didn't really care about Fournier starting because I know Fournier is going to be on the bench at the end of the game. Right. And Thibs is going to play either quickly or somebody in there in place of him, you know, to, you know, to help on the defensive end more. So, you know, whether Thibs goes with like Cam or Grimes in the starting lineup, to me, it doesn't matter. It just depends on who he finishes with. And at the moment, you have to say Cam is playing better at the moment and Cam does give you more, when both players are at their best, so yeah.
0: For me, I was always going with Grimes because I've always known Cam to have the defense potential, but not able to put it all together for like a game, right? That's been his reputation in Atlanta, and also, you know, even Cam's three point shooting versus Grimes' three point shooting. Grimes' first year as a rookie, even though he doesn't have he, his his output. Wasn't like tremendous. He hasn't have played that much, and the times he's played, he's averaged what he's shot thirty percent from three on four attempts a game, which is damn good for a rookie in the limited time that he's had. Cam has not shot thirty percent from three. I don't think in his entire career. So me knowing that, I was going with with the Grimes. Now this year this year cam under Tom Thibodeau I think Jason M talked about this before Tom Thibodeau might be the perfect coach for cam not for the team (laughs) but for for cam because what cam is missing is the defensive discipline and somebody to hold him accountable on that side of the ball and Tibbs is not that excellent guy. He's not the guy who's gonna make the great adjustment. What Tibbs is really good at um, is teaching fundamentals. This is how you play defense. This is the rotations. This is your stance. You go hit, like he's good at that type of stuff. So for Cam to get better on that side of the ball, Tibbs is probably the perfect coach to teach him specifically. And so far this season, with the minutes he's got and he's starting to deliver more and more on that side of the ball. So right now I think you do have to consider cam to start over grinds because of that and his finishing, his finishing at the rim, uh um, has taken the leap and less of the, like less of the mid range shots. Like he take one or two mid range shots a game. Uh, we don't need the, the dribble, dribble fade away, shoot the three, go to the hole or drive and kick that's all i want to see from cam and that's pretty much what we saw today which is why i'm I'm loving cam today keep with that formula and then grow out your game to the to the you know the mid-range dribble dribble whatever but um i'm like what i'm seeing from cam so far
2: i think the only players i ever want to see take a mid-range shots jalen brunson rose and randall i don't really think there's anyone outside those three that i feel really comfortable or confident on that they're gonna drain a mid-range
0: right Jalen, right, yeah.
2: yeah just also, I, I I saw my dad for the first time commenting in the chat. Y'all give a thumbs up for my dad Gilbert Escobedo. He's in the chat right now. Oh, let's go, Gilbert! Oh, the
0: gunshots was Pop. for pops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <For> S- <laughs> my dad's not only a fan of me; he's a fan of y'all both of y'all too, Jalen and Ryan. So,
0: oh, that's what's a up. Oh, whole to your family. Yeah. Shout out to the pops, man. Yes,
2: thank you, sir. Thank you. Sir. Thank
1: <laughs> you. We need to
0: call in one time for the culture. All right. I've been <laughs>
2: telling him, man, on my dad, call in. I hope he calls in. We'll see.
1: We'll see. We'll see. We will see. We will and see. And
2: also, you know, you know me,
1: I like to like, I like to um debate in the comments sometimes when I see a comment or two. So, you know, oh, Roberto, yeah. Roberto posted that, you know, why are we comparing Cam and Grimes? It should be Cam and Barrett. Well, first and foremost, in what world do you see Barrett being benched for Cam? C- come on now. So why <laughs> in what world? Is, is RJ Barrett going to be benched for the starting lineup? It's either they're both going to be in the lineup together or it's going to be RJ Barrett there next to somebody else. <laughs> right now, it's either Cameron or Grounds going to be in that starting lineup. So why are we going to compare Cameron and Barrett? I, I don't understand that.
0: Yeah, Yo, this is the difference between me and Ryan right oh, I Go off on him. <laughs> I read something and I'll, I'll forget it. Ryan be like, nah, I'm addressing this. I, I, he'll wait like 30 minutes later. He <laughs> typed that comment like three hours
1: ago. <laughs> I, I love Ryan, yo.
0: <laughs> you, oh, man. But you're absolutely right, Ryan. You're absolutely right. There's no way. No way. He's going to challenge uh, RJ back on the spot. Oh, man. Next call up, we have Mike. We have, who do you have? Mike Uno? I think we have Mike Uno up next. Oh,
4: it was good, was good. Y'all can hear me?
0: Yeah, what's going on, Mike?
4: You know? <laughs> oh, let me tell you, the most exciting moment of the game was when I saw Obi and Randall together on the floor. I was like, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> now let me tell you something though. See, because I feel like I feel like I can't believe that this is slipping everybody's mind, bro. Because no one talks about it, right? So, yo, Obi is six nine two twenty, right? He, we expect him to play the four and get rebounds. Everyone's complaining he, he, about his rebounds, right? Rebounds, rebounds, right? But his rebounds. Mm-hmm. Because, yo, we expect him to play a game that he's not playing. Clearly, he's not playing the four, bro. He's playing the three. Now, let me tell you some other threes. We got Mr. LeBron James, 6'9", 250 pounds. He's outweighing OB playing the three. We have Kevin Durant. 6'10 240. We have Jason Tatum, 6'8, 210. We have Cameron Johnson, 6'8, 210. We have DeMar DeRozan. No, not my bad, my bad. DeAndre Hunter, 6'8, 220. OJ, OG, Ananubi, 6'7, 230. We got Andrew Wiggins, 6'7, 190. Alright, all right. All right maybe he's lightweight. Alright, we got Kyle Kuzma, 6'9, 220. Why all these guys could play the three. But we're not thinking of Obi playing the three is what's barking me out. Now, I think Obi should just play the three. At the three, that pushes RJ down to the two. I think RJ at the two would be a bully at the two. I think Obi would be a bully at the three. We need bullies. We got the number five guy, Mitch Robb, a bully at the five. Let's you know what I'm saying? Like, why are we not talking about OB starting at the three? Give him the minutes that he needs. Give him the minutes that he's earned and deserved. Yo, I mean, yo, do we really want RJ defending LeBron if LeBron is playing the three? Hell no. I don't do want OB do defend. <laughs> Do we want RJ to defend him? No. They, dude, these guys are too big for RJ. I yeah. think RJ needs to be big. Yo, hold, hold, hold on. OB, OB, you know why Obi is not getting rebounds because he's not thinking of playing the power forward role he's playing the three role we just not recognizing it he's he's yo when 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 there's a rebound when when other team misses what's Obi doing he's not thinking of a rebound he's thinking i'm out bro. I, I know out. he needs to rewind that soul. brain he, he needs, needs to ride that brain ass.
0: Hold go. on. Hold on, Mikey. Hold on, Mikey. Hold on. Let me interject for a second. Let me interject for a second. First and foremost, Mikey. Okay. Very impressive. I don't know if you wrote all that down. Or if you have <laughs> all that in front of you. 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 Very impressive that you rattled off all those guys' heights and weights one after the other for like the first five minutes of the call. I'm gonna just say that. I don't know. You either you either just know that off the top of your brain or you did a lot of research, so I commend you for that. Oh
4: my I was, like, oh, I was ready this time.
0: Okay, you were ready. Okay, all right. Salute to you. you're ready. <laughs> 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 But uh, so for me, I, I, for a lot of people, OB's lateral quickness is is not really there uh, consistently, which is why I feel like a lot of people don't want him to play the three and they feel like he can play the four more effectively because he's not that quick lateral. Um, but um, we'll see how it goes now that, you know, he's starting to get better on that side of the ball. I'm not sure if I'm still 100% comfortable with him guarding quicker threes as of yet, even though I recognize he's gotten better. But that's been the the, the, the hesitation for Gar in the three.
4: I think if the three, if the opposing three is like a DeMar DeRozan, yeah, we need RJ at the three. That's where Tip has to come into play. But when we play in those threes that are big, that are too much for RJ, I don't want RJ against LeBron, I don't want him against Kevin LeBron. I don't want him against those big threes, bro. They, I don't know. It, he's going to kill. Different. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill that man. It's
0: gonna be a, I
4: know, no, I man. I don't know, man. I don't know. Athleticism, I think if we, if we put him there consistently, he will adjust to that position. He will play that position. I think in his mind, he's already playing that position, and no one else is recognizing that. I, I think as long as hitting them threes keep them out if, if, if someone comes check on as long as he's hitting them threes someone gotta you gotta respect that three so you gotta put that defense he's real fast he can run by you and and now we got that right. i got, we got you. that dump you know what i'm saying I, we got those things happening now i think you. ob needs to defeat that three and it's crazy that i don't hear this being spoken of got and you. i don't wanna. Cause I'll be repeating myself like I did last I, it. It. I got you.
0: I got you. I got you, but salute to you, brother. I get. I got you.
4: I usually speak to Randall, but today I speak to Tib. Tib. I know you watching. I know you listening. <laughs> Play man. Play Ob at the three. Let's go.
0: Uh, guys, <laughs> all right, that's the campaign for Ob at the three, man. Thanks for calling, in, Mikey. Well, <laughs> oh man. Obi at the, I'm still not with it, man. I'm not convinced. He's not the only one to say that, though. He's not the only one. Obi at the three co- comes up periodically, but I'm not. I'm not buying it yet.
1: Yeah, I just want to say one thing in regards to that. Like, I do think if Obi's ever to become a three, he definitely has to increase his skill set because I don't think his handle is there yet to be a three, and I don't think his shot creation is there yet as a to become a three as well. Yeah, I agree. He 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 is a decent passer. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that, but. To me, his mold is still a four though. Like that's his mold at the moment. And I do understand that, you know, when it comes to you know rebounding situations, he's not under the basket and he's trying to go on the fast break, trying to get easy buckets. But like you said, Jay, like he does need to kind of rewire himself a bit and, and realize that, you know, he's a big and that he should be rebounding a bit more yeah. instead of always being on the fast break. But it's it's one of those things where it's like it's, it's a conundrum because it's like you love him on the fast break, you know, because on the fast break, he's electric. He's gonna get oh, you yeah, easy he's back. Got- all that but at the same time it's like he has to also rebound more as well so i I, if he could find that perfect balance that'd be good but as of right now i don't think Ob's skill set is a three
2: i agree i agree with that i saw saw my dad my dad's bringing the heat man my dad hates emmanuel quickly he really does i know he's my dad hates quickly every chance he gets he bashes him and you know tonight he's got a decent point He's asking why no one's criticizing him. He was 1-7 of seven overall, 1-4 of four from three, four turnovers for a minus five. Quickly was bad, but so was my dad's favorite player, Derrick Rose, who yes. looks absolutely washed you know, this season.
0: You know what it is for Quickly for me? Like, Quickly, there's like two versions of bad for Quickly, right? For me, I know a lot of the older Knicks fans – despise Emmanuel quickly cuz Emmanuel quickly represents like new NBA um guard style where you you pull up from three from halfway part, um, behind the three point line and like the older players in general don't like that but um Emmanuel quickly shot bad today but I didn't feel like he was like over dominantly uh what's the word I don't I don't feel like he was chucking or disrupting, disrupting the offense. I feel like yeah. the the shots he missed were, you know, decent shots that he should've took. But I, I just wish that he actually live up to the three point shooter that he's supposed to be. If I, if you would have said Jay Ellis, who would have a higher three point shooting percentage, man, you quickly your OB topping. I would have put money in man quickly, and I'd be poor right now. Because <laughs> man, because Ob Topping at this point is like uh, the might be the best three point shooter on the team.
1: It's just kind of yep. crazy. Yeah, that that is kind of crazy when you think about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. next call up, we got my man Jason M. Jason, what's going on? What's
5: up, fellas, man? That was uh. That was a frustrating win. That was like one of the most stressful wins. And I'll say this: that game did save the season. It did. Because if the Knicks lost that game, the season was over.
0: Yeah, Tom's gonna get fired probably. Like, that was, a day.
5: Probably, that was like, yeah, like that. If, if the Knicks lost that game, it was done. It was a wrap. Like, I, like you know, so that's why it's not that when we say it saved the season, it's not. It doesn't mean everything's gonna be good. It just means that it's not over yet. Right. <laughs> so. To talk about, I'll talk about Cam. I'll respond to what you said about that I said earlier. I do, I, I really think that, like, his and this coaching staff is perfect to Cam because it's not just the defensive discipline, it's the offensive discipline. Yeah. Cam Reddish is a guy who used to take terrible shots. He would take contested mid range shots, do a lot of dribbling, and it's like they, they seem to have reprogrammed him. Yeah. And he got a lot of playing time in Atlanta. So the, the answer wasn't just to say, hey, Cam, here you go. Get 30 minutes tonight. Because then he was never going to change. So, you know, we've got to give him credit for that. You know, I think what they're going to do is, I, I my assumption is, I think we're going to hear that Rose is hurt at, for like a couple games. Because I think they're going to at least give Fournier a chance off the bench. Because mm. he's never really done that. And he was terrible today. Yeah. And if he keeps being terrible today, then they probably just, they'll probably have to take him out the rotation completely. But I think they will give him three, four, five games on the bench to see if he can become an effective bench. Because, you know, let's be real. A lot of us thought he would be, a be he would be good off the bench. A lot of us used to say that in the summer. Oh, well, if he comes off the bench, you know, he'll probably be better. So he was terrible today. He looked like he didn't even want to play. But, you know, we'll see.
0: Hey, you know what it is to me? For me, it wasn't even we wanted him off the bench. We just didn't want him with the starters. And in our mind, conceivably... It would be too good to be true to have Cam and Grimes both get minutes, and Evan Fournier not play at all. So to me, it was kind of like, well, I guess we'll settle for him off the bench, even though we want Cam and Grimes to play more. You know what I mean? I think we want
5: Cam now because Cam's been good. Right. Let's be real. A lot of people wanted Cam to never touch the court like a couple weeks ago. So that's true. You know that is very true. I'll here's what I'll say.
0: The last thing I'll say about
5: about Randall.
0: I'm sorry, like, hold on, one, hold on, one, Jason. Hold on one second, Jason. Were you you yeah. said something, Lee? No. Lee, okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Jason. My bad.
5: I'll say this about Randall. Um, it's his best position potentially center, because there's one thing that Randall did really good today. Rebound. And it's the one thing he he does this all the time. It's one thing he did good, and that is switching onto guards. Mm. He switched onto Maxi, I think four or five, six times, and Maxi never scored on him once, and he That's went a every a so it's just like, I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this is going to do, but you know, maybe put him at center zone and, and have him switch because he, he can switch. Like that's the one thing he can do. He sucks. If, if you don't switch, if you play drop or whatever, he's terrible in the pick and roll. He's he gets terrible in pick and switches,
0: roll.
5: But if he switches, he's fine. So I don't know. That's not, that's like the Tim doesn't do that. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. But that was just my thought. Like maybe his best position is center, especially if he's not shooting well.
0: Um, that's, that's something, to, that's something to think about. Shout out to Jason M. Um, all right, that's all I got. All right, salute, salute to you, Jason. Yo, yep. it's it, it funny too, because even with Randall's with the Lakers, they talked about how good he was being switched on, on guards and things. and then I forgot all about that. It's like, yeah, why don't we do that more here? Because he does get killed and drop pick and roll coverage all the time. Maybe it might be more useful if he's a switch. I don't know. I don't know if, any, if you guys have any thoughts about that or you just want to move on.
2: That's a fair critique. But, I again, I don't think this saved the season because you have to remember why did Tom Thibodeau put in Randall and Obi together? and This hasn't been brought up. It's because Mitchell Robinson went down. Right. If Mitchell Robinson does not get hurt, we never see this lineup close a game. And we probably lose. That's, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that. It, yeah, Phibbs wasn't some madman experimenting experimenting with lineups. It, he was forced to, but as Hartenstein was getting tired in that fourth quarter, and he had to do something different because the five minutes he gave Sims, Sims was terrible in that stretch. So he tried to try something new end up being rando and obi and it worked for a while and it unlocked the potential of that of that type of lineup but it wasn't like that there's just some madman genius experimenting with something that he finally realized and, and came to terms with it was by mitchell robinson's injury that forced him into that lineup change
0: that's true i mean that yeah. is a good point he could have brought hardstein in back at any point he could have like okay he got his breath back let's get our tradition i mean he did for the last minute only because Obi missed that damn rebound on the foul shot. And this is the thing about Obi. I don't think he has, like, a, a rebounding technique. Like, he has to, like, find the body and box out. For some reason, Obi got out the way for the rebound. And I'm sitting here like, Bruh. Obi, like, what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Perfectly timed, bruh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Thank
1: you, man. I mean, It's kind of crazy when you think about it, that quickly's a guard. And he rebounds better than Obi. Yeah, <laughs> <ridiculous. laughs> he
0: does. Which is why sometimes those two are almost the perfect match because, like, Obi can just get out and run and then o- and then quickly can just get the rebound and then just toss it to him. So it's kind of like they just, you know, switch roles kind of. It's weird. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do have a point, Lee. You do have a point where he was kind of forced to. It will be nice. Yeah, I think. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say that if it would have been Hart and got injured instead of Mitch, I think he would have put Mitch back in at some point in the last two or three minutes and would have stirred up that lineup that we had going. Because he just, you know, Mitch, the amount of rim protection he brings is just too much for to, Dibs to not have that in the lineup.
0: I agree. I agree. He also he had like Cam or at the four for like two minutes. And I was, like, what is, I was like, what's happening here? I was like, okay. All right, cool. But um, I digress. I mean, we still won the game tomorrow. Tomorrow we got Knicks versus Celtics. This is this is another big one. This is another big one. Or another back to back. Hopefully, some carryover. This is also a lot of Micah cheeks from Tom Thibodeau is on back to backs. He will still end up playing the starters like forty minutes, and I'm just like, son, like really, <laughs> like you can't find a way. You can't see these guys are gas and go to your bench more like a normal coach. But uh, I digress. We'll see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, Any of you guys else want to mention? I feel like we talked about everything we probably need to touch on.
1: I'm good. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm straight, yeah. All
0: right, cool. All right, well, salute so to the chat. Um, If you like the show so far, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. You see my guy Fritz. He says, Fritz says, yo, let's get this thing to 75 likes before we close out. All right, guys? Um, Listen, you don't have to donate, but... If you don't donate, if you want to support the channel, the way to support the channels also to hit that like button, hit to the subscribe button as well. Oh, uh, Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people who are watching weren't subscribing. Yo, if you, if you, especially if you're here repeatedly, because we keep showing up on the timeline and you keep watching the videos, you might as well just hit that subscribe button. Cause you're going to watch us anyway. And it's going to help me out us out and you'll get that that notification when it's it's time for us to go live all right so salute to you guys um who like us and also you know salute to the future subscribers and the guys who've been rocking with us for all this time okay cool cool and also shout out to the chat shout out to l marshall murphy johnson yeah. uh the best mind in the game Fitz Alessandro, roberto Rivera jr picks for timmy shout out to jason m shout out to my guy you recognize fresh in the building uh sh- hey. shout out to uh uh mr uh papa uh escobar <laughs> shout out to you as well. Uh, greenhouse and malik uno mikey uh echelon everybody else is rocking with the kot show we will be back tomorrow talking Knicks versus celtics all
2: right AJ ellis up. Fritz says you got to call her. Stan Novak on the phone.
0: Stan. Hold up. Stan Novak. Is on. <laughs> For the KOT vets. <laughs> I'm bucking your seatbelts. You got to buckle your seat belts you buckle your seat belt and Stan calls. All right. Because you don't know what he's going to say. You just don't know. Oh, man. You can go left. You can go right. You just don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Stan. Stan. It's been a minute, man. What's going on? I told you that clam
6: radish was a good player. (laughs) I told you. Who the heck is this guy, Lee? He's so serious. Lee, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize in advance for probably confusing you, but I used to be in Atlanta, and I was complaining that that man... That is the coach of the Knicks that's got all them spiders mating on top of his head, uh, wasn't playing that clam radish guy. But anyway, he kind of won the game playing good defense. You okay, Lee? Are you in shock? Because my screen just froze up. (laughs) Anyway, uh, in all seriousness, guys, I have said that um, and and I said this and I said this last year that Obi and Randall should play together. But I want to see it with a big. When you see when you see the Knicks play Milwaukee, they just look small. Yeah. I mean, they make Bobby Portis look good. Used to be a Nick, sure okay, um, and he's no longer Nick for a reason. So I mean, and and, and Jay, you had stated that um, Julius um, on the closeouts uh, has right. not been the best, right? Julius, uh, Julius is a little bit lighter. He's got a different attitude. You know, I, I look. I want to see up. Uh, I want to see that front. Otherwise, the Knicks are going to lose Obi. They're, you know yeah. they won't lose him this year, but they're going to lose him to free agency. I can see they're going to lose a man that in 17 minutes got you 17 points, which is idiotic. Yeah. It does not have to be one or the other. Okay, you address this in the off season, but this is my starting lineup, assuming Mitch is healthy. If he's not, well, you go to Hartenstein and then you go to Jericho. Okay, that's just what you have to do. So tomorrow you got the Celtics, but. In the starting lineup, okay, let's start in the back corner. At the one, you go with Brunson, okay? At the two, the man played two in college, okay? Oh, yeah. Give the man a head of steam. You play RJ, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because because he gives. He's, he's getting better and better and better. Um, three or four, let's put it this way. They're interchangeable. Obi and Randall. You go with a three-man rotation and camp. and at the center you try you try to start Mitch. Yeah, I got it. He's hurt for now, and oh, but Stan, this is not this is not the same game it was years ago. Well, the last time I looked, there's five guys bouncing the ball, and the game is still called basketball.
0: That's you true. You can't
6: go up <laughs> against the absolute better teams, especially in this Eastern Conference with a bunch of, I mean, look, look at what you got in Milwaukee. You got two seven footers. Right, starting. right, right. So how do you defend that with a six, eight guy? You can't, it's impossible. I
0: don't think we just have the pieces give to defend your, those guys in Milwaukee, to be honest with you. We just don't, we don't, I don't know if we have, we're going to have problems defending long teams in general. Just, 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 just the give way yourself
6: we go. A, give yourself, give yourself a chance. No one gave us a shot against um, John Morant, and uh, we almost pulled that game out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, there was missing, there was missing know, a piece, too. There was missing Jared, but I, we were right in there, so I, I get you, I get you. But, yo, yo thanks for Any? You got one, no, more, one thing? more thing? One any, more thing. One more.
6: Anybody who's ever coached at any level knows you put your five best athletes in at starting positions. I just gave you your five best athletes. Play them, gotcha. work with the rest, All and right. Fournier, out and out situational.
0: I agree. I agree. It's only a matter of time. The clock is ticking on Fournier. Salute to you, stand. Hey, man. the
6: Wizards, the wizard, the wizard. Jordan likes him. <laughs> Trade him to the wizards. Get a pick or something for him.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. If Jordan was trying to rip this off, but I hear you, Well, well we you,
6: you can you can do something. All right, I'm All gonna right. I'm gonna go start drinking heavily
2: now.
0: All right. <laughs> wait, he wasn't. Never mind. All right. Have a good night. Stan.
2: Gotta... Wow, that was soul cleansing. I needed that.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey guys, that was Stan. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. I don't know if I'll ever be on board with Obi at the three.
2: No, me neither. I don't know. Not, not at the moment.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I I almost feel like Randall can do it before Obi. It's just Randall just be so lazy at times. But that's that's just, that's how I feel it. That's how I see it. All right. All right. That's the way to end it. <laughs> that was our show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for calling. Um, also, yo, thanks to Fubu TV, too. If you don't know, we are kind of partner with Fubu TV. That's our affiliate. Um, if you want MSG free for seven days, go to FUBUTV.com. KOT. All right. If you decide to stay with them and actually pay, KOT. Gets a cut and it helps things, uh, helps keeps things going. Shout out to FUBU TV and shout out to everybody who's watching it. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy that free cable and free sports and free VH1 and and Martin and whatever you watch on that show. All right. Cool. All right. That is our show. Mr. Lee, let him know where he can find you, sir.
2: So, you know, I've been on that 50-burger all year. <laughs> when the Knits were down today, I was watching you and my girlfriend, who's my Dillette Charm, and she turned to me and she said, so we only eating 25 burgers now? <laughs> like,
1: oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I hope not. <laughs> I
0: hope not. Hey, hey, hey. No no, no, Nick's dissing girlfriends, all right? All right?
2: <laughs> hey but she's been putting up with these nits for almost seven years now so she, she's on the train
0: all right, all right, all
2: right. Uh, let's see yeah I got some i had some heat come out this week for for dead spin and uh posting and toasting Did some game previews as same stuff coming out next week um working on that first piece for espn nice uh, gonna be a little Klaylen brunson piece and covering some stuff that's going on here in texas high school hoops um some controversies. And uh yeah, that also have a wide, Tom Thibodeau should be Fire piece coming out as well. Oh, so yeah. oh, at that. oh yeah. Those,
0: those I'll are starting strong. to sprinkle. Those are starting to sprinkle after, after that. Hawks. They're probably tired. All right. A shout out to our guy, Lee. All right. Ryan G, let him know where they can find you, sir.
1: You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir
0: G is chilling.
1: That's, S-I-R-G, it's C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. Content is coming soon. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T.
0: You've been saying content's coming soon for like
1: six months.
0: Where is the content, Sergi? We want the content.
1: It's it's a time, man. I just got a lot on my plate, and I'm just trying to balance everything. But I'm trying to figure it out because I I have ideas in my head. It just it just a matter of me executing them.
0: CP time coming soon. I'm around the corner. You're not around the corner. You in your bed right now. All right, never mind. All right. (laughs) Shout out to my guy Ryan G. Yo, Ryan G. was spitting last episode. If you ain't watch it, um, even though we lost, it was it was a good it was a good pot. All right. Uh, you already know, you already know you can find us, find us at SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, where you are, wherever you can listen to, to podcasts, you can listen to the KOT show. So definitely go over there. Also, you can buy that merch, KOT Snapbacks at the NickTimeShow.com slash catalog. Get that black and white and that blue and orange. Also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as well. Also check out our blogs. go blogs are there as well at the nick of timeshow.com. All right. Great show guys as usual. And you know, I would like to end this as always, shut out the worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here. Wait, wait, I saw, hold on one second before I leave. There's one more super chat. I almost forgot. I saw you echelon. He says a two-dollar super chat says no bur- no burgers. It's clam reddish Bon appetit So shout out to you, <laughs> Echelon, and thank you for the super chat. Alright. Now back to the closing. As always.
4: Shout out to Worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave
0: a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks, YouTube streets. That is our show. We are out of here. Peace.
4: New York, New York, big city of dreams New York, New York, big city of dreams NYC